Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On this episode of Missing the Point, we once again head back into DK's time machine and redraft the NBA from 1990 to 1999 to see which of our two teams of NBA nerds can put together the most dominant team of arguably the most prolific period in the history of the NBA. This is Missing the Point, episode 55, but it's all relative. Welcome to all the adoring fans of Missing the Point to today's 1990s fantasy basketball draft. It's self-explanatory. It's in the name. We're going to split the two usual teams up and we're going to have a redraft, two fantasy teams of the best players of the 1990s, and then a six man and a coach. And they're going to explain to me why their team is better. And whoever does a better job of that wins the contest. I'm your host, the man with the plan, who is his own biggest fan, DK Sizzle, Dave Clark. I have the pride, the privilege, nay, the pleasure of introducing you to the finest group of podcasters this side of the Mississippi Delta, the pride of New England, the entire group of sexy soothsayers that make up Missing the Point. I'm going to introduce everyone. First up, we have Hollywood Rayshon Buchanan, a man who recently suffered the worst broken ankle since AI crossed up Ty Lue. Rayshon, if you had... Six hours to spend a million dollars, what would you spend it on? In this podcast of numbers, so we can all get paid. Oh wow. God. Promotion for the podcast, really altruistic response. That's right. That's really nice of you, man. I doubt anyone's going to say anything that nice. I think everyone, I should have ended with you because I think everyone's going to say really selfish and horrible things now, especially Mike. Anyway, next up, we have his teammate, Broadway Joe Malkin, who lives in a house with his wife and kids. We frequently do hear shouts of mommy, who is that man? And I don't know, honey, I've called the police and stuff like that. But when he's recording, it's neither here nor there. So, Joe, same question. One million dollars, 24 hours. How do you spend it? Well, I would take $20 at the beginning and give myself a haircut or go get one because I need one desperately. Is the reason Uh, you're not currently getting a haircut because you don't have $20? Because I... Feel like that's no. an easily confronted obstacle. I'll loan you the twenty bucks. I was gonna say, if anybody listening wants to give me twenty dollars, <laughs> I have six million, but I need twenty bucks. That's how rich people work, right? I would probably uh, put it in the bank for my family to use when I inevitably die before all of them. All right, Joe has stolen the most boring possible answer to the question, but the most practical at the same time because it, things like that do accrue interest. Maybe put a little in an IRA, a mutual fund. Those are words I've heard. All right. 
Coming up next, switching over to the other team, we have the deepest and longest friendship inside of Missing the Point. That's right. It's the dynamic duo of Mike Marcangelo and Crushing Coors Lights. Mike, <laughs> you tall drink a low-caloric alcoholic beverage. How the heck are you, man? How are you spending that million dollars? I mean, there'd be a lot of Coors Lights, dude. A lot of Coors <laughs> Lights. I'd probably, I don't know. I'm a really, I'm a really avid golfer. Bobby knows this, so I might invest in, in a course, you know, make that money back. But definitely would not give it to the show or to any of you. Just <laughs> yeah, no, I know that to be true, for sure. Yeah, I know, know that in my soul. Bobby, did you like the bait and switch there? Did you think that you were going to be the Coors Light can? I did. I did think I you was thought I was talking about like you, re- you really yeah. took a, a sharp left turn on me. Yeah, you I thought I was read- talking about your deep and adoring friendship with Mike, but really, it was a, I buried the lead. I've been outdueled by Coors Light can. Correct. All right, I have your little blurb. Are you ready for yours? <laughs> I am. I am. All right, lastly, but certainly not leastly, we have the real BK, Bob Kelly, who famously once pulled a child from a burning building. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. He once threatened to burn down a building full of children. Oh, <laughs> that paints a really different picture. Bobby, you've had a lot of time to think. Everyone else has already answered. One million bucks. What do you do? Go. I was going to spend it on weed, but I forgot. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. We're cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I, I figured if everyone anyone would appreciate it it'd be you you know i just yeah no i do appreciate it i'm high right now but i also think i, I also think you had, the, you had so much time to think right there but and i like i like it. it was a solid answer it was short-term memory is a, is a bitch bro. producing our show today is the <laughs> lovely and beautiful and talented craig d'alessandro craig you're sitting here Everyone else is spending their money frivolously. I want to know, what what do you spend the million dollars on? I would get the best camper that I could find and go on a cross trip around the country. And I'd Can spend I frivolously on my way there. What's It'd a cross trip? Camper, though? Cross country trip? Oh, a cross okay, trip. Yeah. Yeah. Cross the country. That's a good answer, yes. honestly. Not like, not yeah, like cross I, fit. I, I, do I look like someone who's cross with you? Yeah. What are you talking about? You're cross. I'm looking right at you. You look like a fucking tall drink of something. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to flip it. I'm going to say Joe and Ray Sean are tails. Mike and Bobby are heads. Here we go. It's heads. Mike and Bobby choose first. So here's how it's going to go. They're going to pick a player. It's positionless. They can pick whoever they want. Nobody can pick Michael Jordan. It's not going to be fair. In my opinion, if you pick Michael Jordan, you win the game automatically. He was the best player of the 90s. He did beat all these other players already. So I think we just need to – you can pick him as a GM. No. So we're gonna we're gonna NBA live it. We're gonna there's no Michael Jordan. It's just, right. no Michael, no Michael Jordan. Jordan. NBA live. We couldn't get the rights yeah, to his name. Just... We couldn't get the rights to his likeness. You can have anyone else you want. All right. So Mike and Bobby with the first pick in the inaugural MTP era draft. Who do you choose? We're gonna go with uh 1998-1999 Allen Iverson. He averaged 26.8 points a game, 4.6 assists per game, and 4.9 rebounds uh, per game. Uh, I don't know of any better point guard in the 1990s, Bobby. How do you feel about this pick? Yeah, no. So this was one that I'm sure DK will be shocked by. This this was all my doing. You you know my affinity for point guards. And especially ones that can just straight score the basketball. Allen Iverson is the most prolific scorer that we saw throughout the late 90s, early 2000s. But that late 90s AI, before he turned into the prima donna of Allen Iverson, was just, he was unstoppable, man. And the team that we're going to end up surrounding him with is going to be the team that we all wish AI had his entire career. 
and going to bring maybe, in my opinion, one of the more undervalued players of the 90s, his first championship. So we're definitely going Allen Iverson, pick number one for the MTP draft. That's a good pick. I feel like I feel like the idea of building a team around Allen Iverson, the, the potential that Allen Iverson could have had if he had some players is a good one. But you're also taking a little bit of a punt because, I mean, I would think that the 2001 version of Allen Iverson is the peak Allen Iverson, not the 99 version. You couldn't pick him. Well, you couldn't pick him. So you have to go like, we just, we need AI. <laughs> we, we, need just, we, need, we need to get him in there. This is the idea for the team. It might yeah. not be the absolute best, but you're right. He was great. What do you guys think of his first pick, Joe and Ray? What do you guys think? Are you guys, were, were you going to pick him? Were you going to take AI? say it wasn't on our list. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely someone that I did think about. I just, I didn't have him there at that moment. I mean, obviously I know he was picked in the middle of the nineties. He was picked and drafted in 96, obviously as the first overall pick, but I mean, that that's an excellent pick. Obviously I think, Honestly, whoever we had picked first, like you can't go go wrong with that. But yeah, young AI was a problem. So, you know, I'm sure they'll make worse picks than AI, but they started off pretty well. <laughs> it's a good pick. It's a good pick. I, I think Allen Iverson is, is my all-time favorite non-Celtic. So we're, we're off to a good start here. So Serpentine, Serpentine, over to the other team for their first pick in the inaugural Missing the Point era drafting team versus team, team sport type game. Who do you guys pick? All right, so this one should be, you know, Mike should like this one for sure. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have something to say, Bobby, as well. Actually, Dave, you might too, because, you know, you guys don't like. Uh, Turns out we all have a lot of things to say about a lot of things. <laughs> right, but I mean, you know, I'll say, well, if you let me finish, sir. No, no, uh, <laughs> no this is, we're, we're actually, it's back-to-back guards are going to be picked first. So we're actually going to go with 1990 Isaiah Thomas. You know, at that time, you know, he won his second ring in a row with Detroit and, you know, came off a of finals MVP that year after beating Portland. And he was at the peak of his powers at that moment. So, you know, for a guy that was six feet, six one came out of Indiana. He was the guy on that team. So yeah. And I'd like, you know, someone that's going to be able to go back and forth to score with Allen Iverson. So yeah, going with Isaiah Thomas from, uh, from 1990, uh, he was, he was at the height of his powers. That's what was the obvious choice there. Yeah. 18, 18.4 points per game, 9.4 assists per game in 38, 37 minutes. Uh, a night. He was shooting 78% from the line. I mean, the, the, he was good from everywhere, uh, a little bit low on the three-point percentage at about 31%, but was definitely a facilitator and having won a championship that year, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a really good pick because the matchup is already interesting, right? Like the Isaiah Thomas type point guard, you know, the classic type point guard, like with, you know, put big men around him, pick and roll, like do all this stuff to the Allen Iverson. I can score from anywhere. Like I'm a freak athlete. I splash all over the court. It's an interesting matchup. And it's also a great, probably a superior era pick to AI's era because 1990 Isaiah Thomas is coming off that bad boys season. Like, you know, they're like you said, they're fresh off a championship. Like he's surrounded by absolute killers his mentality's there. He's a nine or 10 year vet at that point, right? Like he's at, you know, he's at the peak of his powers, like you said. I mean, against a young, scrappy AI, I love this already. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about that pick? Is it all respect across the board in the guard position? And I, well, I will say, by the way, just sorry to cut you off, Mike. We don't have, we're not picking by, you know, one through five on the floor here. Just want the listeners at home to know that we did just happen to both pick guards right there. 
but we can pick anyone. We can pick a coach. You could go to the five now. It doesn't matter. So just putting that out there. They're just building their team around guards, which is, you know, it's, it's a decent play. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can't go wrong with, with the first pick. And Isaiah that year, as Rayshon said, was at the height of his powers. He was he was part, you know, part of the part of the bad boys in Detroit. So it's a great pick. I wish I could hate on it, but I I don't. Yeah, you got to remember Isaiah Thomas is the reason that was Jordan before Jordan. You know what I mean? He was the guy that no one could beat, and finally Jordan was able to break through and take him down. But before Jordan came around, as Isaiah Thomas was the guy for that two, three years. So, yeah, hard to hate on that. He is the original, as they call it, point god. So, yeah, hard to hate. I think, and the guy that Jordan seemed to respect the most. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think he was right there with MJ, and since he can't have MJ, it's not, not a bad idea to take the next best thing. All right. We're on to pick number two for the Mike and Bobby team. Who you guys got? Let's see. I want to see these teams develop here. Number two overall, we're going with the 1998-1999 Tim Duncan. He averaged uh, 23.2 points per game, 12.4 rebounds per game. He was a first team all NBA. And that man, he was a problem then. He was a problem for the rest of his career. This is These two players are the type of players that you build a team around. Yeah. So, DK, I'm, I'm going to shout this right back to our talk this past week with unstoppable pick and roll tandems right now, what we're setting up is literally the most unstoppable pick and roll tandem in the history of the NBA. You have Tim Duncan coming out to set a high pick for Allen Iverson. All right. So so now you have this duo that when that pick and roll is ran, it's going to be unstoppable. You're going to have Duncan streaking towards the rim. You have Iverson able to create that shot and also, it could be the, a deadly pick and pop because Duncan can hit that 18 footer. He can hit that 15 off the backboard. Right. So, so it's, it's just going to be an unstoppable tandem. When we put these two together, if you were to pick one guy to put with Allen Iverson throughout his career, I would have picked Tim Duncan. And I think that would have been an unstoppable because not only are you counteracting Allen Iverson's Madonna mentality, where he thinks he's just the guy with this Tim Duncan who who is the ultimate team player, but their games just coincide with each other so well. So Tim Duncan, 100% second pick in our draft. So just to get an idea of what, you know, very well painted right there, that pick and roll you're going to run, but are you playing Duncan at the four? Is he the power forward? Yeah, he's the four. Okay, cool. So you might go a little bigger. We might, you know, I, it seems like your priority, you might not, but it seems like you're prioritizing speed fundamentals athleticism you know ability to hit big shots like we've got we're covering the bases here this is pretty good all right so you guys so far mike and bobby have alan iverson at the one point guard position tim duncan at the four let's shoot it back over to the other uh, to the other team who you guys got second tell me about your team well before before we make the pick but damn 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 it (laughs) this was a bobby pick wasn't it bobby chose it was was. yeah i I knew i'm gonna pick him I was. <laughs> was gonna, definitely was going to be next, but I was actually going to pick the year before, so 97 Duncan, because he came in right away and was just, I, I know they won the championship that year, 98, 99. That was a locker, the lockout insurance season, but he came out the gates firing. 
like, I think it was like 21 and 11, like right away. And there's a player that played on the Phoenix Suns. His name was, I forget what his real name was, but his nickname was Hot Rod uh, Williams. And he gave that man the business in the playoffs. I mean, worked his ass from, from beginning to end. So he knows all too well about how good Tim Duncan was from the jump. So if you don't believe me, go back and, and watch the tape on it. So that, that, that is awesome. But not so fast, Mr. Kelly and Mr. Marcangelo. Me and Mr. Malcolm have a pick just for you. So we talked about, you know, you, you guys talked about pick and roll and having the most unstoppable pick and roll. And, you know, it, it was that was that was good. That was I think that was a pretty good pick there with, with Mr. Tim Duncan, Mr. Fundamental. But we're going to go back just a few years before then. So like I said we picked IT. Now we're going to go with 1994 Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm. So that was the pick there. So, you know, you know, Joe, if you got the number, you can run it down. But like I said, yeah, Hakeem was the guy that we, you know, thought about for our second pick there. Got them all. And, and we're going with him in the 93-94 season because he, in 80 games, shot 53% uh, from the floor, 42% from three-point and 72% from uh, the the free throw line. So consistent across the board with 27.3 points per game. And mind you, that year, not only did he win uh, the NBA championship, but he was also uh, the finals MVP that year. Also the NBA most valuable player. He was an all-star, literally go down the list. And and the best player of the year too, I believe. Yeah, he was. And and he was consistent all the way through his career. And this was in the height. Had one of his best seasons of all time. And and you're right. I mean, that that pick and roll, I mean, we're basically just running pick and rolls all day on both teams at this point. It's a really good pick because you're actually seeing a culture develop already in both of these teams because Bobby and Mike have a young, scrappy team. They have, you know, as much as you might think of Tim Duncan as a veteran, they picked, you know, uh, a, a young, just into the league, basically smoking everybody. Nobody knew he was going to be like this fun to watch, this good Tim Duncan, young, slashing, scrappy Allen Iverson pre, you know, him embarrassing himself in press conferences, whatever. And then you have this other team. This, If we were playing twos, this would be a great twos, you know, because you got Hakeem Olajuwon and Isaiah Thomas, who are both like 10-year vets when they get picked by these two guys. They're both, you know, Olajuwon's going to be, what, 31, 32 by this point when you guys mm-hmm. picked him. So he's in there. He knows all the tricks of the trade. He's not going to let these young guns get over on him. I love this matchup already. I can't wait. What do you guys think of it? I love Hakeem. I, I do like it. He was on my list of guys I pitched to Mike. I, I really do like Hakeem. I do think that we have the perfect center to counteract him when we get there. Yeah, you're playing him at the five, right? Hakeem Elijah on the yeah, five. Yeah, 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 the five. Yep, yep. All right. Just building your little, I'm building your little team over here. I want to get it I right. think we're going to have someone to counteract him. However, Hakeem Elijah one was, is one of the greatest centers in NBA history. I mean, there's no doubting that he couldn't get the championship. I mean, there's a reason this man is not involved in this competition until MJ retired. However, like Hakeem the Dream, man, you, you can't hate on him. You know, it, it's impossible. Best defensive center, one of the best defensive centers of all time. One of the best scoring centers of all time. So what else could you really ask for, you know? Mike, you, you're happy with Tim Duncan? You didn't get Hakeem Olajuwon? You, what, are you, what are you thinking? Was he on your guys' list? Were you going to pick him? Yeah, well, it was one of the guys that, that Bobby had originally pitched. We've been going back and forth on this for, for a little while, but I think as it's currently constituted, this matchup is is must-see, right? So I I don't really know who has the edge yet. I, I understand why they picked him. I, I know why Bobby wanted to, but I think R5 is going to combat is going to combat him. Like really, Is that really your well. next pick? Are you about to pick your center? No. No, not yet. Not yet. Tell me your next pick then. So 
You know, Bobby, we're doing the pick and roll, but we need that shooter. We just need someone on the outside just to make sure just for a knockdown shot whenever you need it. So number three overall is going to go to 1993-1994 Reggie Miller, who averaged 19.9 points per game. He shot 50% from the field, 42% from threes, and had a 90% free throw percentage. 100% shit talk percentage. 100% yeah. shit yeah. talk. Yeah, this man was AI a, and Reggie Miller on the same team? What? You know it, man. You know it. <laughs> this man was a certified G and a bona fide stud, Rayshon, and you cannot yeah. teach, yeah, teach that. that. Yeah. That's right. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you like that? Using your own quotes again. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I, I see that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Reggie Miller, man. Uh, so I always said Michael Jordan got me into basketball. Reggie Miller kept me. This man, it, not only are we going to have the best scorer with Allen Iverson? We're going to have the best four that you've ever seen, but now also we're going to have the best knockdown three shooter, maybe in NBA history. It's close to Ray Allen. Uh, but add on top of that, the questions factor and that shit talking factor. You can't miss with Reggie Miller, man. The bloodlines run deep. We got Cheryl Miller, obviously one of the best women's basketball players ever. So Reggie Miller is a no brainer to me here. One of my favorite basketball players ever i'll never forget random like throwback here he hit a half court shot this is one of my first earliest memories of basketball he hit a half court shot against the bulls once that was just it it was the most insane game winner i've ever seen in my life and since then i had an affinity for reggie miller so it's a no doubter here we have iverson duncan and miller you know even if they collapse in even if they collapse in on the pick and roll Kick it out, man. Kick it out to Reggie, and he's knocking that shot down. Okay, I have some questions. I have some questions just to get uh, kind of an idea of what you guys are going for here because, you know, you have 2021 knowledge of the game of basketball, so you can have Reggie Miller. It's your team. You can have him play however you want. Is he taking the volume of threes that Reggie Miller took, or are you fully aware of the fact that, like, Steph Curry is a thing? So you bet on his percentages and not his volume, and you you go, Reggie, you shoot. You have the green light every single time you're in this spot, this spot, and yes. this spot. Are you working mm-hmm. the ball to him and shooting to, to that degree? And do you not think that AI is maybe not the guy? Because, like, look, uh, on the on paper right now, just on scoring, you guys are going to score 250 points a game. Like, you're, <laughs> you absolutely went for scores, like, across the entire board, which I love it. I absolutely respect it. But you're going for a little bit of a Kyrie Harden thing when you have Miller – the way I think you want to play him and Allen Iverson, do you think that is going to be a chemistry issue? I don't. Yeah. Because Reggie is one of the best movers without the ball in NBA history. So he doesn't need to have the ball. He never did when he was in Indiana. He wasn't, you know what I mean? He wasn't the point forward. Cause that didn't even exist. But are you yet. sure that Iverson's not just going to shoot off the dribble instead of going to him? No, but at the same time, I'm okay I'm with either of them shooting. Like, no, I sure get, I get what you're around, saying. You know? I get what you're saying, but I'm okay because Iverson is the high volume shooter. That's what he was. That's how he scored his points. But at the same time, you can't double team. If you're going to double team Iverson, that leaves Miller open. If you're going to fade towards Miller to prevent that shot, then guess what? Now Iverson has that driving lane and Duncan has a, a path to the rim. So no matter what you do at this point with this team, they're going to score. So that's what we were thinking, 100%. What do you guys think, Ray and Joe? You, you scared about that pick? You mad about that pick? What do you think? I mean, I I, I loved Reggie Miller. He definitely was on, on the list for us. We, we had talked about that uh, before the show. I mean, obviously, you know, Reggie – is a beast, but I mean, I mean, to me, I don't. I mean, I know you brought up saying that the twenty twenty one dollars, but I feel like if this is a ninety show. We're doing the time vault, so it's not something where he was going to be a high volume shooter. He may take four. He may take 
That's the whole concept of the game, though. So you can like it's their team. So they're gonna. Draft oh, gotcha. Okay. Too. They're gonna gotcha. draft the coach too, and they're gonna be like, "This is what we're gonna tell Reggie Miller to do." Because gotcha. at the end, we're all gonna have a big argument about whose team is gonna win. As much as we've all been re- being really nice to about everyone's predictions, that's all well and good now because we respect all these players. But after, when you draft the whole team, you guys are gonna have to talk me into who's gonna win, so that someone can win the whole contest. So, yeah, you—that's like that's part of it. So you can do the same thing with your team. You know, you can say, yeah, you can say like, "Oh, I got Hakeem Olajuwon," but I bet if I told Hakeem Olajuwon to shoot from like five more feet out i bet he could figure it out i bet he could you know i bet he could do it against oh yeah guy, i mean guy. yeah yeah you, you, you know what he's going to do in the post you know tim, tim Duncan found out too no but i like that right <laughs> no but uh <laughs> no i mean i mean Re- reggie no matter whatever would have been awesome obviously you know the knicks found out more than anybody else how good that man was so yeah like i said like i said running off screens like i said bobby's absolutely right that's no one did that better than him in that era you know that's like, so, I well do. ray allen I, I would argue well i'm saying like late, later one, on two. You, know, one, you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah but it's definitely i feel like it's definitely reggie and then ray at that time and then yeah you know as reggie got older then it became yeah. you know ray, ray allen ray was still so good at it when he got old though too i will say oh, that. for sure for sure for sure i mean he kept himself in phenomenal shape it really all he ever had to do reggie right yeah. yeah i know right you know so he did his thing so yeah like i said i i i love the reggie pick i said definitely is someone that can give buckets whenever you need it and he's gonna knock down free throws too so i mean they're a great scoring team that they're that these guys are assembling right now i feel like you guys are going a little bit more gritty you know, a little bit more like who can dig themselves out in a seven game series type thing. They're going like high volume. They're building like a nineties golden state warriors over there. All right. I love it. I'm with it. So what are you guys, uh, what are you guys going to do for your third pick? I'm so excited. Uh, went a little more versatile this time, you know, you know, this is a guy that could kind of play the two or the three at this time. You know, he, he was about six, seven, six, eight, had a great handle, you know, great guy, great, great vision. Wasn't the best defender, but definitely could score with the best of them. And, you know, was a triple double waiting to happen. So we're going to go with 94, 95 Penny Hardaway at the two. So at the two position. So now we got Isaiah at the one. We got Penny, who's a bigger version of, of Isaiah, basically dropping, dropping dimes behind his head, dunking on whoever he needs to dunk, he needs to dunk on. So, you know, a TD watch out because Tim Duncan, as good as he always was, he can never jump like that. So Penny could catch his ass at the rim if he needed to. And then, you know, if, if Duncan steps up, whoop, let me drop that dime off to Hakeem. Yam that and one, and you know Hakeem's gonna get that and one, gonna hit the, gonna get that free throw. So yeah, so like I said, just gonna go a little more versus a little more pure talent. You know, so we had a little grit and grind with the first two, but now you know get to a guy that's just like just raw ability and just like yo, I'm gonna give you the ball, get out the way, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna get the job done. In the words of Big Daddy Kane, <laughs> yeah, two guys at the one and two who can not only both pass but are both gonna score. One that that averaged 18 points a game in the year that we selected them, and now. Penny Hardaway, uh, 21 points a game in the year that we we took him here. But Ray's right. He's going to go up over Tim Duncan every single time. So, But seven, seven, uh, almost seven and a half assists per game. And again, we have guys that that are good scorers. They're not the greatest, but they're consistent. And they're, uh, wow, did I just pull a Bobby there? And they're going to get the job done. I think it's a good pick. I Again, I think you're staying on that kind of, it's the 1990s grit and grinding. You know, we're going to like get a guy in at the two that can, like you said, size up Ray, you know, he's kind of a swing man in that sense. Like he's long, he's, he's six, seven, but he kind of plays like he's a little bit, even a little bit taller than that. He can go to the hoop. He can do all the stuff. I, I think you're totally right. I think it's, I, I don't, is that true about his defending? Was he not that great? I mean, I, I, that's not, I feel like that's not something he was known for. 
I don't know if he was ever painted with the like he doesn't defend brush. Right, but I'm saying, so but if, was, that wasn't if you said, okay, tell me about Penny Hardaway. Like the first thing you're gonna talk about is Lil Penny. The first thing you're gonna talk about is is, is his uh, athleticism, and then maybe third or fourth you're gonna speak about his defensive prowess. So wasn't someone that was gonna lock you down, so so to speak. Like that wasn't his role on the Orlando team. So he was also know? a bit, but he was a big game guy too. Like he had big playoff right. games. Like he had like. 30 plus points in big games. Mm-hmm. And like, this is the only, I, I guess, I guess Virginia Miller's Indiana team. <laughs> yeah. They smacked them that year to go to the finals. So pretty easily, actually. That so. was before, that was before Shaq left. No, no, it, it, was, it was, it was, it was the year before he left because yeah. Cause it's Shaq was there for his name, missed those, missed those free throws, right? That was that year. Yeah. It, and, yeah. Anderson missed it in the finals. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then because yeah, because they were never any good ever again after Magic left or after Shaq left the Magic. Yep, all because they didn't want to pay him what Alonzo Mourning was getting paid, who could have come up in this show, but well, he just did, but he could have come up. <laughs> he could he, 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 he could get picked. So who knows? It's a good team, and I think I honestly do think that he meshes really well with Isaiah and Hakeem. I think they those guys can get in a room and decide what kind of basketball they're going to play. What do you guys think? How how they do there? It's a good pick. <laughs> so I think it's a good pick. I this is the first one I'm going to say that I think there are better guys on on the board that could have been picked at this point. Granted, I don't hate on Penny, and this is pre-injury Penny. So so this yeah, this went, right? right this was this was the yeah, his knee ended up going. So this is the version of Penny you you would want because this is when he was at the height of his powers for sure. Not to steal a line from Ray, but yeah, I I like the pick. I do think there was better guys left on the board, but I don't hate it. I, I agree with him. It's starting to take shape here. Uh, little known trivia about Penny Hardaway. He'd actually played with Shaq again. And, and the, the 07, 08 heat, I believe. Oh, that's right. Oh, Look at that. Yeah. Ray's got yeah. all the fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just remember that so clearly because I was like, this is like a sad reunion. Shaq's still good. Right, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then it literally Shaq got traded like weeks later to Phoenix. Um, yeah. Sure yeah. That was the corpse of Shaq. By the end of that season. I don't know. That, that was his last All-Star year, though. 08-09. That was his oh, last dude, All-Star season. You're talking season. about the corpse of Shaq. The corpse of Shaq was dragged. Was it was the in big, Boston, exactly. The big shamrock? The big shamrock, bro? He was awful. That was the corpse of Shaq. <laughs> he, was like, he, he was a combination of me and Craig on the court by that time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just he saying. He was having a great time, though. He was. He, 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 was. Was, he was like, I'll just go get paid one more year. Like, whatever. Remember he was I, supposed I, I to be the solution too. Remember we got him. Everyone was like, "Oh, yeah, he's Shaq, we got he was, Shaq he was, now." He was for the first twenty-five games, and yeah. then it just it you know his, his body eight, broke down. Just, yeah. it, it caught up to him. Unfortunately, he's not he's not moving great these days. I worry about him when I, I mean, see him. I mean, neither am I. So I understand. <laughs> well, you broke your ankle. That's not really the same thing. <laughs> he just got fat. Uh, <laughs> he just fatter. It's not even like he doesn't even get fatter. He gets like. Wider, large, goes <laughs> yeah. into the world more. Like I large. feel like he's never gonna die. Eventually, he'll just be like the size of an island, but like still doing fun, cool shit on the internet. Being a shack, going in the middle of mosh pits yeah. and right, right. And, I'm, and, I'm, and, and Mike knows where I'm going with this. I'm here for it. And also, I'm sort of surprised that Shaq has not yet been picked. He's still on the board. I feel like if I was on one of your teams, most I know he's not there yet in the '90s, but to me, most dominant center of all time. I don't think anyone had anything on him when he was in his prime. Really surprised he's still on the board, but that's me, and I'm not doing the picks. So let's go back over just to recap. Mike and Bobby have Allen Iverson at the point guard position, Reggie Miller at shooting guard. They have not picked a three yet. They have not picked a small forward. Tim Duncan's at power forward. They have not picked a center yet. Joe and Ray Sean have Isaiah Thomas at the one. Penny Hardaway at the two. They don't have a small 40 yet. They don't have a power 40 yet. And they got Hakeem Olajuwon at the five. Okay, guys, give us your fourth pick. Tell us his name. Tell us a little yeah. ditty about him. 
Yeah, man. Like we got a lot of good soldiers, but sometimes you need an admiral. So we're we're gonna go with the 1993-1994 David Robinson. Averaged twenty nine point eight points per game, ten point seven rebounds per game, four point eight assists per game, three blocks and two steals per game. There is no better five for this team that we're building than the admiral David Robinson. Yeah. No. Uh, so this man, we're gonna insert him right into the middle of this team, and it's. First of all, we're reuniting the best four-five combination the NBA has ever seen, and David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Not only that, but we're giving Tim Duncan a version of David Robinson that he was never able to have before, and that's prime David Robinson. All right, this man in his prime was unstoppable at the five on offense, and was by far the best defensive center in the NBA. This man averaging three blocks a game. It is is unheard of. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't happen. So now we're going to have the best offensive team in the league, but we're also going to have a team that you're going to take not to like start this argument already, but <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, Penny Hardaway, and who was the last one? Hakeem Olajuwon. And Hakeem. All right. First of all, Hakeem and David Robinson, hell of a matchup. All right. But Isaiah Thomas and Anthony Hardaway aren't getting anywhere. We're not doing this yet because well, I, you know, immediately <laughs> my brain then goes to like, well, who's their power forward? They haven't picked their power forward yet. Don't worry. We'll get there. We'll get my there. Bad. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I'm just saying no one drives on David Robinson. All right. You will always think twice about driving on David Robinson, especially when he also has Tim Duncan to his side. So we're reuniting these twin towers. David Robinson, man, the Admiral, come on board. So listen, I I think it's a decent pick, but I feel like you guys maybe went on NBA.com and you were like, 90s basketball players, sort by scoring. <laughs> You're like, if he's got 30 plus points, he's on the team. Like It's just like everyone can't score. <laughs> like All your guys are scorers. They all have the ability to score, but can do other things if needed. And this is—I mean, the- if they all got their average points per game, you guys would, would <laughs> or even drafting your last player, you would be scoring 140 points a game. <laughs> we still got two more to draft it. Right. Uh, so great! I think it's a way to go. I think it's totally a way to go. I think that the other team so far to me seems like the good guys because I think that they're going to be scrappy and they're going to have to like really work. To beat this like fucking steroid scoring machine that you guys are building because nothing else matters but points, apparently. I do agree that David Robinson was a fantastic defender. I totally get that. You're absolutely right. But he also scored mad buckets because he was huge and he was right by the rim all the time. So I think it's a good pick. I love David Robinson. I think I totally agree about the tandem. I think they're super cool to watch. I love how it was built. If you pick Greg Popovich as your coach, though, I feel like you're kind of you've, you've painted yourself into a corner here. But anyway, regardless, what do you guys think of those picks? Well, I, I so we hate the pick because it was going to be our next pick. Uh, <laughs> it, it was literally our next pick. I don't know if you saw me and Ray's faces the moment he he, he said it, but I, I literally um, mouthed out light. Yeah. So <laughs> so no, it's a great pick. Honestly, it is. But you know, Bobby sits here and says, you know, nobody's going to drive on David David Robinson, and even if they do, Tim Duncan's right there. Well, we're going to call them Nebraska and Oklahoma because Penny Hardaway is just going to fly over these guys. Fly over states, get it? Good dad joke. So we're, yeah, it got better when you explained it. I know. I know. <laughs> it did get better when you explained it. Was, it was bad execution. <laughs> 
Ray, you want to make the pick? Or, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna chime. It says, you know, Barbie kind of opened the door about the David Robinson thing. And the only line I'm gonna say, because I'm, I'm gonna respect what, what the host is saying. I just feel that we do have the neutralizer to, to, to David Robinson. And like I said, I'll explain further when we get to that point. Are you um, gonna draft him next? Say it again. Is that neutralizer? Are you gonna draft him next? No, 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 no. I'm saying the neutralizer on the team, Akeem Olajuwon. Oh, you think it's gonna? Uh, be- I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, no, no, no. I already know. I'm gonna explain later on why I said. I that. don't know. That would be an interesting matchup. No, it, 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 it would be. I, I saw it happen, and I'm, I'm like, I said, I'll explain it then. But anyway, right. so the, the next. Tell us your next pick. pick. Tell us your next. Pick. Still, still going with the versatile. You know, like I said, Bobby knows I'm about the stars. <clears throat> so uh, this guy's gonna be at our three. So the small forward. So we're going with the 93-94 Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen was phenomenal this season. This is you know season when Michael Jordan was forced to quote unquote retire and. And, you know, Pippen just took over, even though he did whine in that in that final game with Tony Kukoc hit the game winner against the Knicks in the conference finals. And he, you know, he was crying like a baby on the sideline. He was awesome that year. He was an all-star. You know, he carried that team to be 55 and 27. I mean, they really were one game away from going to the finals with, with, with Scotty Pippen leading that team. So 93-94 Scotty was awesome. You know, we finally have our lockdown defender at the three. We basically can switch now with Penny and Scotty. So that that's where I'm going. I, I want to be as versatile as possible and, you know, just let our point guard be the guy that we can quote unquote hide with being Isaiah Thomas. So can hide Isaiah. You got Penny at six eight, but also six eight. So and then we got Hakeem Lodge on the six ten, six eleven. So now like I said we have a pretty big team there. But you know Hakeem Lodge can guard one through five, and so can those other two guys. So you know just trying to be versatile right now. What we pick. Guys that can do everything, and that's what Scottie Pippen can do. This was such a great year for Scottie Pippen because he proved that he could do it without Michael Jordan after three straight uh, championships. And, you know, the first three years of his career were good, but he he was at his best in this season with, uh, again, another rebounder. So you you don't always need a four or a five uh, to get your rebounds as he was averaging nine, nine a game in this season uh, and 22 points per game. And it was also like, like Rayshon just said, he mentioned he was a great defender. I mean, he was, he had three steals per game. So just a good all around basketball player, very tough and, and proved that he could do it as the leader of a team too. I think it's funny. I, it's very cohesive, the basketball DNA that you guys and criteria that you guys use to select your players. They're all long. They're all athletic. They're all, like you said, versatile. You know, I know you only gave the versatile credit to Scotty and Penny, but also like Isaiah Thomas, you can ask him to do a lot of different things. Hakeem Olajuwon, you can ask him to do a lot of different things. And it's all because like they all have inherent athleticism and length like it's a long team you know there everybody's everybody on your team plays a little bit with maybe the exception of isaiah thomas plays a little bit longer than their body and i think that's a cool style of basketball i know what you're going for i can see it i'm picturing it similar on the mike and bobby team but let's see what this last piece is what do you guys think of what do you guys think about that uh scotty pippen pick i feel like that's big that's big yeah, it's it's a great pick, but remember, isn't that the same Scotty that just chumped out in the playoffs? Or yeah, that's what I know. I brought that up. It's, it's true, but we're speaking the totality of the season. He was a dog for majority of that year. There's no way that Phil should have gave the ball to Kuk. Even yes, Kukoc hit the game winner. So obviously, you know, it, it doesn't get questioned now because Kukoc hit the game winner. But you know, Pippen was the guy. You give you give the ball to the guy in that moment. But you know, Pippen should have been a better team in at that moment. But like I said, overall in that season, like I said, it, it was hard to go against what Scotty did that year and carrying a team. Like I said, without without the best player of all time up to that point. So I'm not sure that Isaiah and Penny and Hakeem are letting Scotty pull some shit like that either. 
you know, it's a di- that's no. a different group of guys. Like, I don't think they're going to let him pull that shit. So he doesn't have to be the guy. He didn't, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy. And he Scotty is and looking at your team. Scotty is kind of the guy on your team. I think like, no, it, it still be a team. Still be a team. Not, not in terms like of like a shot. Of at the end. Uh, yeah. I, do, I guess it depends. I guess it depends on the situation, but yeah. it's going to be a team. You name the guy. It's your team. Uh, what do you guys think? So that was a good pick. Any more words of wisdom on the Scotty Pippen pick? Or you want to just tell us who the three on your team is going to be to counteract him? I like Scotty. I do like Scotty. I don't know if we're going to go our three next. What do we're you not. think, Mike? Are we, are, we're not going our three next. No, we're right? going, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to do our six man next. Yeah, we're, we're throwing curveball here. We just want to make sure that everyone has their chance to get in on the action, right? And we, and we, and we need that general there to control it. So what we're going to go with, with our six man is a 1991-1992 John Stockton. Average 15.8 uh, points per game, 13.7 assists per game, and three steals per game. Now, if there's ever a guy that can come in and make sure that the ship needs – if it needs to be righted, it can be righted. It's him. Bobby, why do you love this pick? So you think about the team. So, DK, you already touched on it. You think about this team that we have is, is scores. You know what I mean? They need to make sure they get the ball. If there's one person in NBA history who I know – is going to make sure that these guys get their shots, open shots, and, and and all stay happy, it's John Stockton, right? Yes, we have the highest volume shooter, maybe in NBA history and Allen Iverson, but we know if we take him off the court, John Stockton is coming in, and he's going to make sure every other piece gets their, gets their points. Not only that, but we can also play Stockton and Iverson together and have Iverson play off ball. I know he hasn't done that much in his career. He never did it. But if there's any point guard I feel like he can do it with, it is John Stockton. Not only that, but he's a great defender. We need small ball defenders right now. So we got John Stockton coming off playing that defensive energy too. So we get multiple things because you always look for six man. What are they bringing you off that bench? We got assists and we got defense coming off the bench. And that's what we're looking for here. So John Stockton, I got I got a couple of questions because now that I look at the entirety of your team, I would argue not that my opinion matters, but this is just to help me understand your team. I would argue that John Stockton, chemistry wise, flow of the game wise, would you'd want him to start. And if you made this whole speech about the pick and roll with Allen Iverson and Tim Duncan, it's like if you want to run the pick and roll on your currently constituted team, you should probably have John Stockton do it because he was the best pick and roll point guard ever. So, don't you think? Well, we just want to make sure that you don't notice a difference between the starter and the six man. Like Stockton can come in and fill that void. AI can play it. We don't want there to be any drop off in in competition. Or do you think AI off the bench is a crazy thing though? Like he could still play like thirty five minutes, but like him coming (laughs) as a spark that that would. But so so that's the thing when you think about it. you, You just added another element that no matter who we start at that one at that point guard position. They they can run the same team. Granted, yep. yes, we're going to be a little more prolific scoring with Iris and starting. That's why we put him there. But at the same time, we have a plan B now. We have a plan B with Stockton could come in and play that point guard position, and it's like nothing ever changed. We're not going to get the same points out of I that see. one position, but I that see. offense is not going to change whatsoever. I want to hear Joe and Ray's opinion on this, but I just will say one thing: I completely, wholeheartedly disagree that you will ever see. In this imagination land, John Stockton and Allen Iverson on the court at the same time, you will quickly figure out that it has to be one or the other. That was just, that's just my opinion. But because, you know, you're like, Allen Iverson never played off ball. There's 100% a reason for that. It was like, was not yeah. his game. So he'd be out there, but he'd be, he'd be <laughs> um, which is fine. 
which is totally fine. I love the AI criticism of his game, but he's like the last guy I would ever want to see with John Stocks on the floor, but that's fine. Plan A, plan B, that's totally cool. Ray and Joe go. Yeah, so love love the Stockton pick. Stockton was a dog. Obviously, like I said, someone's going to distribute the ball. I agree with you, Dave. I do think that he should have been the starter, but that, that's a whole nother uh, top of the seven went on their team. So it doesn't matter. But I just think that, yeah, Stockton obviously is going to get you, you know, he's going to get you those points when it matters. I do think he should have scored a little bit more during, throughout his career, honestly. But I know, you know, obviously he has some others on that team. That's well taken care of on their team. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like those are the only two guys that could really go get it, right? So it was like he wasn't he wasn't talking about Hornacek getting that. He wasn't talking about like a young Howard Isley getting it. Like he wasn't he wasn't worried about that. Like they had some they had another Malone there named Jeff Malone, um, who, who could score back in the day. But his his glory days was with the Washington Bullets, not with the Jazz. So <clears throat> excuse me. So you, you could look up his numbers as well. But yeah, I, I think that's where it is. Like he's someone that got like seventeen and fourteen. Maybe the year I think they're talking about. I, I'm not sure. But I mean, like I said, to me, I would start of him. But like I said, either way, it's, it's a good pick. But like I said, I, I love the pick that we have coming up. So. Are you going for your? Are you going for your sixth man also? Nope. Going for no, our four. We're gonna we're gonna go for our fifth starter. 1996-1997, Carl Malone. In in all yep. eighty two games that season, it was the fifth consecutive season he played every game. He literally played every game in 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 eleven seasons in his career. Isn't Carl Malone inexplicably like the third highest scorer of all time? Second. Second, second highest scorer of all time, and he's played, never gets talked about like that. But he's like literally scored the second most points ever. It's crazy. Yeah. Phenomenal. And he started the most games in NBA history. So 27.4 points that year. We all know that he can do just about everything on the floor. And he's a gritty player. Really made those Utah Jazz teams what they were in the 90s, along with John Stockton. Again, he won the MVP that year. And while shooting 0% from three-point, he shot 55 from the floor uh, and 76% from the free throw line. So consistent, nearly 10 rebounds per game, nearly four and a half assists per game, which is great for a four. And we're happy to have them. Right. And it's like, we literally, so our one through five literally has every guy can pass the ball, which I'm huge on. I'm huge on movement. I'm huge on versatility. Like I'm huge on that. So I'm definitely rocking with someone that knows how to move the ball. And like I said, we, we could switch out things. Right. And like I said, you know, Malone's going to be, he's going to bring out whoever your four is. And, you know, he's, he's going to, he's going to face them up. He's going to hit them with that 15 foot jumper, or, you know, he's going to, he's going he's gonna to pump fake go buy him, you know, and, and dunk him. So he wasn't doing it as much by the time he won the MVP year, but that was when Utah finally got over the hump, right? So they had lost to Houston a couple of times. They had lost to Phoenix. You know, they had lost really early in, in the playoffs a, a few years uh, beforehand, but 96, 97 is the year they got over the hump. You know, actually it's funny, thanks to John Stockton, actually, but like I said, Malone was the guy that that, that drove the engine for sure. And like I said, it, it, was, it was really an easy pick once, you know, Mike and Bobby made their pick. Yeah, everybody needs a mailman. Right, exactly. And me and Joe always deliver. I think it's a good pick because, again, it fits the theme of your team and like the way that you guys both fleshed out your teams. You kind of have one generation of 90s players a little bit against the next generation of 90s players that like went on to be, you know, 2000, early 2000s players. And I think it's an interesting matchup there. Carmelo brings the, the, the other teams going home with some bumps and bruises playing against the, uh, the Joe and Rayshon team. That's for sure. You guys scared of Carmelo? What's going on? No, no. I mean, no shade. I think he's obviously one of the greatest NBA players of all time. I understand why they picked him. You, you want him on your team, but I, I think we we have his kryptonite. So I, like, I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, I mean, Carmelo in today's NBA would have had a better jump shot, would have had a better three point shot, and he would have been one of the best players in the NBA today. 
because his body is built. You think about it, it, it. He's LeBron James without a jump shot. That's what Karl Malone was. So yeah, he he was unbelievable. But I do think we have someone to counteract him, and also someone to counteract all the scores that we have to bring some real defense here without any further ado i'm excited to see the uh, the final pick to make your entire team like what's the glue that holds it together Tell me. yeah so this also goes along with who we're going to pick as our coach but i i want you to know that you know we know that we have we're, we're a high scoring team we need a balance who better to balance that playing the is it the three bobby yeah it's, it's, it's the three. three it's the three then 1996, 1997, Dennis Rodman, who averaged I, – I, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Who averaged 16 rebounds a game, three assists a game, four points a game, but was the best defensive player of the 90s and someone that would not let Carl Malone go anywhere near that rim if he had to. So, Bobby, I feel like this is the best pick against their last pick, and, and we had to solidify and not only that, so we also have a guy who's just going to listen. We have Allen Iverson, the highest volume shooter, Reggie Miller, one of the best shooters. We have Tim Duncan, someone who's just going to keep putting the ball up. And guess who's going to be there to gobble up all those rebounds? Dennis Rodman. This man is the most prolific rebounder in NBA history. He had one season where he averaged almost 18 rebounds a game. That is an absurd stat. There is no one in the NBA that can come close to this at this point. Plus, you add in that tenacity, that attitude that Dennis Rodman has, and bring it into this team of scorers. This team is going to be unbeatable. They're going to be unbeatable at the rim, unbeatable on the rebounds, unbeatable with scoring. It, it, it's just a team that right now I don't think can be beat. You add Dennis Rodman onto this team, and it's just it, it's lights out. Lights out. And this is the multicolored Dennis Rodman, too. We're not talking about the boring Detroit Pistons Dennis Rodman. This is the one with, like, the rainbow hair. Yeah, no, he's gone full. He's gone full psychopath at this point. Yeah, for sure. There's a definite downside to the fact that, like, he might miss two of the games of this series when you play because he has to go go get married to himself real quick. Shout shout out to Carmen Electra. You guys are creating a potential boiler room situation. (laughs) Would you you expect anything else from these two guys? Right. Like... It's basically it's Mike and Bobby GMing. They're arguing constantly. I don't know who their coach is. Hopefully he can get it in order because if AI says the wrong thing to Dennis Rodman, wait he's going to leave. Uh, you know, Tim Duncan and David Robinson are at least quietly in the corner, like talking to John Stockton about how basketball works. But like the rest of them are just going <laughs> fucking ballistic. Um, right. So facts. It's, facts. Know, it's, it's be a fun man. team it's to cover. Think, think about podcasting content yeah, and this team. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it'd be yeah, crazy. no, it's definitely fun. You're not wrong about that. There's going to be a lot of coke and hose <laughs> at, the, at the Mike and Bobby team party. Oh, oh, I know oh, you'll oh, be there. Oh, oh my. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Joe and Rayshon, or everyone's in bed by right. nine. Yeah. You know, we get in the morning. Wait, just, wait, just, just like me and Joe in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just want to go out there and play hard. We just want to do our best. You know, get the work. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about this final edition? I, I mean, it's a good Rodgers? pick, right? Like, it's mm. every so I, I feel like none of our picks have been bad, and I don't think our last one is either. You know what I mean? But it, it what it comes down to what you just said, Dave. Like, their team is so volatile. Like, anything anything can pop off at any moment. And you're right. And John Stockton's just going to sit there and, you know, li- relive the glory days on the bench. There uh, might be a fight, but it's going to be between 
the same team. And then Bobby's going to try and put Iverson and Stockton on the floor at the same time. And, and then, and then Stockton. And the universe will yeah, exactly. explode. A black hole will be created. Do it. Put him in. Get fucking hear what I said. Don't do it. I'm going to give my two cents on, on their pick as well. Like I said, I, I knew cause that, that's all Mike. That had nothing to do with Bobby. Mike, Mike loves, Mike loves Dennis Rodman. No, but Mike loves Dennis Rodman because he, he was pissing me off about it on, in, in, our, in the chat about that. He was saying, like, Rodman was the best guy in Detroit just, just to piss me off. So I knew he co-signed that shit. I know. He but yes, they co-signed yeah, it. I, I, yeah, he definitely co-signed that shit. But it's almost like you guys were watching a lot of old San Antonio basketball, too, because Rodman was at his best with David Robinson, too, long before Tim Duncan actually came on the team. Uh, that actually, that team actually made the Western Commerce Finals mm-hmm. in 94-95. And I'm, I'm trying to remember, hmm, who, 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 did, who did they lose to? Ah, uh, Kimo Lajo one. Sorry. Okay. So now I'll, I'll go into my. I'll go into our final pick. Sorry, I just had to get out of it, Dave. Sorry about that. It was just on my mind. You know, we this. I mean, this to me was a no brainer. You know, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe you guys did think about this, but like I said, we, me and Joe thought about this right away for our sixth man and our, our final player selection. We're gonna go with 1997-1998 Kobe Bean Bryant. You know, like I said, stick up with versatility. Now you could put Isaiah Thomas on the bench. You got 6'6 six, six Kobe at point guard. Oh, no, actually, no. You got 6'8 Penny at point guard. Penny played the point. You got Penny, Kobe, Scotty, Malone, um, and then Elijah one. I mean, you got a team of 6'6 six, six and above. They can switch everything one through five. Super athletic, on the wing, can score, shoot it, dunk it, pass it. Like, to me, it's just like, to me, it, just, it, just, it, it, fit, it fits together perfectly, honestly, in my opinion. It, it does because we also added some youth here, Ray. Right. And this is exactly what Kobe did in the 97, 98 season. He played in 79 games and came off the bench in 78 of them. And still in in that time, he was averaging 26 minutes per game. So he can come off the floor or come off the bench onto the floor at any point and you add fresh legs. He's a 40, he was a 43% shooter from the field, 34% from three point, 80% from the line. Even coming off the bench, he was consistent. And you add some youth here. He wasn't full blown Kobe at this point yet, meaning he he hadn't taken over the team, which is another reason we like putting him on there because we have guys on that team that are gonna be big personalities as well. But we feel like our guys are all gonna get along and putting a kid into the mix that that clearly has all the potential in the world, as we saw. This is such a solid bench pick even with how young he is. Right. And, and like I said, he, he was an all-star the year too. He was an all-star in the right. second season, you know, and that was a team with Nick Van Exel, with Eddie Jones, with Shaq, with Rick Fox, with Robert Ory, uh, young Derek Fisher on that team as well. So Eldon Campbell as well. So that team was loaded. You know, that, that team had a really good record his first four years before they won the championship. So yeah, like I said, it, it, to me, it was a no-brainer to go with him off the bench because like I said, you're going to get scoring you're going to get defense you're going to get someone who's a competitor who's a dog so it, it, it was a no-brainer for us for me it was a no-brainer let's <laughs> I mean, get I don't, first, want, I don't want to speak ill of the dead but young kobe i thought was so overrated at the time and yeah, number eight wasn't it wasn't wasn't great i think later Shaq obviously carries them to that watch three. that indiana series to tell me if number eight kobe wasn't good What's yeah. the ending in the series? Even if 40, I, 41 in game four, when Shaq got fouled out. And you're right. I'll still say it to you. I'm a liar. Um, <laughs> I will. <laughs> Even if I've changed my mind, I'm like, oh, Ray's right. I'll still lie to you. It's fine. I don't feel bad at all. But no, I mean, yeah, I, I get why you did it. I think it's a good pick. I think before we go into coach selections and before you guys give me your closing arguments on who was going to win, I would like to do a quick 
honorable mentions rundown if you guys would would just uh bear with me can't believe Shaq didn't make a team really can't I would have insisted I he's so dominant I understand the competition was fierce but you know even in the late 90s Shaquille O'Neal I mean come on we were all there so fun to watch I thought some biases would creep in at least because like that's our era you guys can I tell you why I because I I thought about him long and hard you did and just the way I was picturing my team I couldn't picture it running from the inside out and that's how you have to run a Shaquille O'Neal based team and right. Unless you have someone like a Kobe Bryant or a Penny Hardaway, you I have thought you were to run go that for team for that reason side. because Tim Duncan would have been right next to him, being able to play make from that other side. So I thought you were going to go with Shaq for that reason. But again, David Robinson and and, and Tim Duncan's a great setup. Not taking anything away from it, but Charles Barkley really thought he was going to make the cut. I could see him fitting seamlessly into Rayshon and Joe's team. You know, he could definitely challenge any of those guys for for a spot on that squad because of the things that he brings to the table i know he never won a championship but you can't you gotta respect yeah so can i say why i didn't yeah. we didn't take barkley yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's just like so obviously okay I'm like, we talked about barkley on you know in, in the group chat but it was like okay malone did what barkley did a little bit better and he's three or four inches taller, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just like Barkley's awesome. And like, honestly, I thought I, I didn't even think about picking Barkley because I know we had talked about, I think, off the channel. We might talk about it on the previous show, but I know Mike was a big guy of Charles. Well, at least Philadelphia Charles. So it I was thought, that trade. Oh, yeah, we banned that. Yeah, trade. Oh, yeah, that trade. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that trade. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, the, the, band, the banishment trade. Uh, that was a great episode. Go back and check that out as well. But, um, <laughs> I, 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 I thought, yeah, cheap plug, right? I, I thought, yeah, so I thought for sure that they was going to pick Charles Barkley. So I was like, I'm not even going to get my hopes up. I'll just pick Malone, who's, you know, you know, a little bit taller, you know, put up a little bit better numbers over over the stretch of his career. So, and then like far as Shaq, so even though young Shaq was versatile, I seen Hakeem Olajuwon dominate him in the finals, dominate him in 94-95. So I was like, no, I, 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 I was I mean, like, I'm like, if, if we if we was talking about 99, 2000 Shaq that became the MVP and basically was just a whole unstoppable that year, then that's a whole different Shaq. Like that, that to me, you have to start with him. Like if you don't start with him, you I don't know you basketball. Get us off the Hakeem podcast. Olajuwon. But right, I think you can make the case that Hakeem Olajuwon is the best player of the 1990s, other than Michael Jordan. I think you can make. I mean, that yeah, case he, he won multiple. Yeah, he won back to back. He's the only guy that won um, back to back. You know, I see why it's hard to not pick him. I totally get it. But those are my two big surprises. Um, just gonna run down a quick list of. Other honorable mentions, just because we respect their game. Drexler, yep. could have seen him, could have seen Sean Kemp. Yep, he, he, oh, he, was, he was on the list. He was on the list. He was definitely on the list, yep. yep. The, I mean, the center oh, position, if you Kemp. think about the 90s, is stacked. Alonzo Mourning, Patrick yeah. Ewing. On the list. Uh, <laughs> on the list. Any of these could have made a team, and it, it would have been completely respectable. Well, I, I, see I mean, do you want that? That was going to be my next one, the glove. I see why Gary Payton didn't go because of the other – options to, to on how you want to build a team in the 90s i'm a little surprised hardaway got in well whatever we'll we'll get to Wait, that which, which hardaway though which hardaway can, can i tell you uh like one of our honorable mentions dk yeah so it was obviously uh 90, 94 95 sean kemp but also there was 95 96 chris weber but we realized that we had a ton of points. So he averaged 23.7 uh, points a game. Could have picked him by the time I was making fun of you guys for getting all scores. <laughs> <laughs> right. We could have done that. Yeah. We could have done that. That's, 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 literally, that, that's when we pivoted towards Robin. Yeah. Robin we were between yeah. those two and we were like, all right, we got our scoring. He's right. Let's go. Robin. I think the third, you know, the third kind of, I think you guys built two distinctive 90s NBA DNA teams. And I think the third one you could have built, we would have the option to build would have been like the Latrell Sprewell. 
Alonzo Mourning type Gary, kind Gary of hybrid. Payton. A Gary Payton kind of hybrid team between the kind of two spectrums that you guys built. So it's interesting how it all shaped out. But those are just the honorable mentions. We've all obviously can't pick everybody. We loved all these guys, except I didn't really love 93, 94 Kobe, but you know, RIP. So like respect. All right. Tell us who your coach is, Bobby and Mike. So I'm just going to re- So we have a, a pretty, pretty wild cast of characters here, right? And do, you it, me, do you want me to tell you who you have? I have it written down. You do? Yeah, I can tell you your team. I can recap it for the listeners. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so oh, I think I'm the coach, but yes, tell, tell me. Tell me um, oh, no, sorry. So you have <laughs> like... Iverson, Miller, Rodman, Duncan, and David Robinson as your first five, and then you have John Stockton as your sixth man coming off the bench. So this that's who you, the group of players you're given to this coach. This And this quote was the reason why we picked him. Well, Bobby doesn't know this yet, but I'm just going to read it. Uh, we wanted each individual <laughs> to go above and beyond to achieve something that was going to help this team win a championship. That was our mission. We charted these every single day. After every game, every practice, we would give them a report card. After two weeks, we had a better meeting. It's Pat Riley. This man in the 80s, in the 90s, and even later in the 2000s was able to mold a bunch of characters to to collectively go and achieve a team goal. There was no he, – he wasn't someone that, that was defined or locked into one certain system. He knew how to get the best out of his players, and he didn't always have the same type of players. Like the 80s Lakers looked different than the 90s and the 2005 Heat, right? So we needed someone that was versatile, and we picked Pat Riley. Yeah, that, that's 100% the reason. You look back at this guy's history, and he is the opposite of Phil Jackson. You know what I mean? He doesn't come in and take his system and force it upon a team. He comes into a team, looks at what he's got, and figures out his system and how he's going to run that team, which is the exact guy we need to come into this team. Like you guys said, volatile characters, guys that don't play off the ball. We have guys that that aren't necessarily always going to get along, but Pat Riley being the glue coming in here and sticking this team together is exactly what they need. I mean, you look at what he did. Granted, yes, he wasn't the head coach, but he was the architect of the Heatles, where we had three very distinct personalities coming in to create a common goal. And guess what? It worked. All right, so we'll never say the Heatles again. Pretend I never said that. Came in <laughs> to to take these guys to a common goal, and he did that. He did that with the Lakers. He did that with the Dwayne Wade, Shaquille O'Neal Heat. He knew exactly what they had to do to win, and he altered his coaching style to that. So, yeah. I mean, to Bobby's point, whether it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> Michael Cooper, Magic Johnson, Byron Scott, or it's Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, Antoine right, Walker, right, right. or it's what he just said that we can't say anymore, you know, the big three in Miami, he knew how to get the best out of the people that he had in place and how to grow their talent. So I don't know of any better coach to coach our team than, than, than Pat Riley. Yeah, so basically you guys are like, let's just go get the six guys we think are the six best guys. And Pat Riley can fucking figure it out. I don't know. He's good. (laughs) I get it. I get it. I I mean, a bit of an oversimplification, but yeah, sure. (laughs) Take 40 minutes of podcast (laughs) content into five seconds. (laughs) That's fine. I don't know. Ask Pat. (laughs) The coach, that's what we pay him for. No, I'm just kidding. I see see you it's a good choice at coach pat riley for coach uh what do you guys think you're afraid of this uh pat riley system he's a good coach and it's a obvious choice for their team he's the only one that can do it i think (laughs) well sure and you know i've said on on our show before i mean pat riley is a lot of the reason why eric spolstra 
is the coach that Eric Spolstra is. So, and, and he's a guy, I won't say the unsayable as Bobby already said, but he did make it work in Miami and, and Pat Riley was a big part of that. So I, I think this is a great pick for their team. It's just a, a no brainer. Well, I hate it um, <laughs> because I literally, we, we were thinking the same freaking guy. Like I I, I, was, I was like, Fuck. Like, I was like, like, as soon as I heard like the explanation, I'm like, he's going to pick Pat. He's going to pick Pat. I'm like, don't say, don't say it. But he did. It's okay. It's all right. You know, me and Joe, we, we learned how to pivot. So we pivoted. So, you know, so that, that leads into great segue, Rayshawn. Appreciate it. No, no. no. So like, you, you don't really hate, you hate it because you wanted it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he also right. doesn't, he also doesn't fit our system. Yeah, so it doesn't, I, I yeah, it doesn't fit our style. So the guy that I'm, yeah, uh, me and Joe literally pivoted like last minute. I, he, do, he definitely does fit the style. So, and this is another plug coming, Craig. So get this in the show notes. So there was a, there was a story that Jan Volk, the former GM of the Boston Celtics, he tells a wonderful story about the 1969 NBA finals and where the Celtics had defeated the Lakers in seven games. Uh, there was a guy who hit a shot that went literally up basically to the top of the ceiling, which I'm I'm giving, I'm being hyperbolic, but it went up like to the top of the ceiling, went down and they essentially won the game. That guy was number 19 who was retired by the Boston Celtics. His name is Don Nelson. So the reason why I bring up Don Nelson, Don Nelson ended up coaching in the 80s, started with the Milwaukee Bucks. He was the originator of small ball, right? So you had a guy named Marcus Johnson. You had a guy named Paul Pressey, who actually, Phil Pressey, who played for the Celtics. That's his father. So that's a little fun fact for you guys there on that one. Let's talk about going to the rabbit hole. You had Ricky Pierce, who, no relation to Paul Pierce, but you had Ricky Pierce. You had Jack Sigma. You had, you had, you had, you had Cindy Moncrief, who was the pick behind Magic Johnson in, in, in the late 70s. So, you know, they were a small team that really played fast. They played quick. And, you know, they were very versatile. So, and then Don Nelson goes to go to state and he drafts Chris Weber. He has Billy Owens, Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway, who also should have been the honorable mention. Tim Hardaway was a beast in the nineties. So was Chris Mullen. So was Mitch Richmond, you know, run TMC is one of the best big threes of all time. So, you know, that, that could be put there as well. So, and then now it's just like going to our team, right? So, you know, young Kobe got Pippen, got Olajuwon, you have, you have Malone and you have Isaiah Thomas, right? Like you have six guys who can literally switch in and out. Like I said, maybe not IT as much because like he was, he was smaller, obviously, but you have five or six guys, five out of six guys, excuse me, that can switch back and forth. And that to me, Don Nelson originated that style. Well, actually, and well, he, he took the style to another level because his coach, Tommy Heinsohn, actually took it to another level and started David Cowan's at center, you know, who we also talk about on the Gen Volk interview. So, yeah, so it's like that's a guy that took small ball to another level. So, you know, with us, with our versatile players, it was a no brainer to kind of pivot uh, after Pat Riley, but pivot to Don Nelson to be our coach there. Yeah, and that's exactly what we want to do is the same thing you guys are, are doing with Pat Riley is we want somebody that's going to manage the players on the floor and get the most out of them, out of all six of our versatile players and the times that we picked them. And, and Don Nelson coached for a very long time and was successful in the 90s as well uh, and really turned away uh, turned around a Golden State team in the early 90s that needed it at the time. So he can definitely do that with this team. Yeah, it's a good pick. I think it makes perfect sense for your team. I think you guys are a very wholesome basketball team. You know, it's very like the Pleasantville basketball team before <laughs> they go away from being in black and white. Is that too specific of a reference? No, uh, shout out to WandaVision. Yep, I, yeah. I know it. Me and Bobby watched it. WandaVision fans out there. Yeah. I feel like you guys are going to wear like the short NBA shorts. I feel like you're going to you know, come up. Brian and I are going to wear them too. You're going to wear like, yeah, you guys are going to wear them. You're going to have like, you know, full. We're going to be in the press box though. With like high, <laughs> high top Chuck Taylors. 
everybody's going to have like the goggles and the headband. You know, it's going to be great. I really think I can totally see the DNA of your team. I think it's awesome. What do you guys think, Don Nelson? I like Don Nelson. I I just want to give credit to Ray for the amount of deep dives that his brain tried to go on that explanation right there and how many times he pulled himself back out. That was amazing, bro. That was great. You you appreciate that, man. That was awesome. (laughs) I don't want credit yelling me after the show, so I'll let me stop. I was like, well, let me stop. <laughs> Mike, anything to add on Don Nelson before we go to closing statement? No, I think I think uh, for the team that they've constructed, he's the guy that you want to lead it, right? I mean, if I was in their shoes, I'd pick him too. So it's a very smart pick. All right. Very respectful and complimentary we've been today. Very rare for us. Not going to be the case once Dennis gets here. I, I can predict that as certainly being true. So since Bobby and Mike got to go first in the draft, I'll let you guys choose. Would you guys like to make your closing arguments, Sean and Joe, first, or would you like to go second? I mean, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mind going first. Yeah, All let's right. go first. Yeah, let her rip. Why will your team win against Bobby <clears throat> and Mike's team? Yeah, so listen, there's, there's only one basketball, right? So... When you have five guys that are getting 25 or more just about on their team, which is great, right? It's, it looks great on paper, but we've seen teams before in the NBA that looks great on paper and doesn't do much when it matters most. Like you need pieces that fit, right? And yes, you need stars. You need guys that can say, okay, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the ball. Take us there. Well, we have that on our team, right? So if IT says, Hey, you know what? I only want to get 15 points tonight and I want to get 15 to 20 assists. Cool. I'm going to pass it off to, to Pippen. Let him do what he wants to do. Oh, we want to slow it down. Let's dump it down to a larger one and let him work, you know, let him let him work David Robinson. So I said I was going to bring this up. So now I'm, I'm glad I reminded myself because I would have forgotten and I would have said that after the show and I would have been pissed off. That 94-95 year, right? And I said about who who lost to who, right? Because a human larger one beat them. So David Robinson was the MVP that year, right? There's a story that Kenny Smith told about how Kim Olajuwon was actually mad that David Robinson got the MVP over him. So he said, you know, tonight, you know, tonight, tonight is my night. And basically that's the game where he shook him out his shoes twice on the same play and he came back in the locker room and said, I think I'll go back and take my trophy from the locker room. So that's a great story. Watch NBA Open Court if you haven't. It's a great, it's a great show. Like I said, not a sponsor or not plugging in, but it was a great show. Um, and it, 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 I, I did, but it helped me tap into my uh, prior knowledge. So that's why I did that. But yeah, so I said, versatility, that's how we beat that dead horse. We talk about versatility all day. We got guys that can defend. We got guys that can score. We got guys that can shoot, guys that can pass. So literally one through five, really one through six, we got guys that could do it at all so to me it's just that simple we'd win in seven like it's definitely going to go seven games and we we win in seven i said the final score would have been like 105 to 101 yeah and to to go uh back to the beginning of what ray said there is that you know mike and bobby's team looks great on paper but one of the members of that team has always said that you don't win championships on paper paper champions right mike so with that said, with the team that we've constructed, Ray just said it very well, very eloquently, and I'm going to basically echo that and putting together, as Dave said, the the gritty veteran that can do a little bit of everything and then adding in a young Kobe Bryant, who you admittedly thought was overrated, Dave, which we can understand, but putting with these guys on the floor, that's going to... Uh, allow him to flourish, especially in a seven game series, because that's all we're playing at this point. So let's go seven games, our six against their six and and call it what it is. And with Don Nelson at the helm, I I don't think there's much our guys can't do. All right. Rebuttals. 
You want me to go first, Mike? I'll go first. All right, I'll go first. Well, if you if you insist, I feel like no, I feel like you're like this is your thing, man. Like you know, you know the NBA. I'm, I'm gonna let you close it out. All okay, right. there is not one thing that our team can't do. We can score. We can rebound. We can defend. We we can do it all. You guys, like you, you ask a lot of questions, right? We have the answer in Allen Iverson. Unequivocally, he's the man. And until you. I come up with with a solution that's going to defeat Allen Iverson, Reggie Miller, Dennis Rodman, Tim Duncan, and David Robinson. There's really nothing else that I need to say because we have points, we have size, we have speed, and we have the pick and roll that Bobby said in, in the beginning. But then off the bench, if in case maybe there is a chance that uh, AI gets a little too shoot, you know, uh, too shot happy, John Stockton. He's going to come up. He's going to come up and facilitate that offense. He's going to make sure again that there is not a there is not a drop off in in talent, but that there is a distribution of the ball. So what you know, maybe AI scores thirty, but I promise you, Stockton will be a multiplier on that team, and he will make other people around him better. So again, I'm not. I, I respect you. I respect your team. I don't think it's going to go seven, but I can let Bobby go ahead. And close yeah, it no, I, I honestly think that this. This is going to sound crazy. I think we sweep the series because I, I don't see anyone on this team that even if we play no defense at all, there's not a single person on this team that can keep up with the scoring that we're going to offer. You say the final score is going to be 105 to 101. I guarantee you this team does not score less than 110 points in a game. Even if one guy is off, we got someone else who's ready to drop 30 at the drop of a dime. No matter what, someone's going off on our team. It's just a matter of who. So it's a pick your poison with this team. Plus, on top of that, we have two of the best defensive players in NBA history with David Robinson and Dennis Rodman. Right? These guys were multiple time first team all time or first first team all defensive players in the NBA. This team is unstoppable. Plus, you add in Pat Riley with being the coach, letting this team play, letting them do their thing. There's nothing you can do to stop this team. We are the Brooklyn Nets. We are scoring 140 points every single time we step out on that floor. Uh, I'm just saying. Physically in pain when you made that comparison. I, but, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, one it, it doesn't matter who you try and stop on our team because all it takes is someone else going off. You can try and stop Allen Iverson. That's fine. We'll dish it out to Reggie Miller. He'll score 30 points. You can try and stop Reggie. That's fine. We'll let our Twin Towers do the killing. You can try and, and, and oh. go at us. You can try and go at us. With, hey, take, take that for a sound by Craig. I'm <laughs> just saying, you can try and go at us with this dynamic team that you guys have scoring, but guess what? You're not getting anywhere near the rim, and you don't have shooters to counteract the fact that you can't drive the basketball on us. So, so all these things you guys are saying, it doesn't matter. No matter what you do, we have something else to cancel it out. Well, yeah, you, you forget it's, that it's, we have Penny Hardaway, okay? So so don't say that we can't drive on you, okay? So number one. But we number, have Dennis Rodman two. and Tim Duncan. They're just going <laughs> to swat that number, shit back at you. Yeah, you've said that already, and, and we've already done this twice now, so I'm not going to do it a third time and take your bait. The second thing is the one thing that will stop Allen Iverson, Mike, is practice. So there is one mandatory practice day in the series, Boom. okay? 
So, so we'll see. So we got we got Pat Riley. We don't have Larry yeah. Brown. Oh, you know, so Pat you Riley's need... not going to make Allen Iverson practice. He's oh, going to no, let no, him oh, play no, the game. To that. He's going to let him play the game that he loves. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily support what what Bobby just said, like the actual words. But I suppose wow, you guys waited until the end to turn on each other. The practice thing. I think. I think we're just doing the whole pra- like the practice doesn't matter like it's practice it, it's four zero and Rayshon it's ball game. Dave, if we go back to every one of these shows, I can guarantee you that right around the same timestamp, Mike says that exact same sentence in towards something that Bobby says. We can probably timestamp every time it happens. But my last question for you guys is: You mentioned all these scores you have and all these things in basketball and football, especially how well. How often does it go really well when everybody wants the ball? How well does that go? Yeah, but the the way that you frame your question is irrelevant to our team. Everyone, when they have the chance to score, can. But they won't feel the need to only be like a a hero. They know that they have this. What's that? Rodman's not going to score. Okay, sorry. Rodman's not going to score. Check the numbers. Dennis Rodman ain't scoring. Everyone but Rodman. He ain't scoring shit. Everyone but Everyone but Rodman. Right. So you're playing four on five. So, uh, n- n- so n- that's a numbers game. And so, in other words, yeah, yeah that would but be I think <laughs> one can make the argument that Rodman would negate one of your scores. So, like, it's who, now, now who, who? it's for anyone that tries to drive to the rim. How about that? Oh, anyone. Here we go again. Anyone. Anyone. A, you a, pick a, a larger one. Who, He'll who, stay there. A larger one's going to get whatever he wanted. Like I said, he done dominated David Robinson. Tim Duncan, yeah, I, I give you Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan's going to get whatever he wanted. Against, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I got you on it. Tim Duncan's going to get his buckets. I, I got you. But it, to me, the rest of it is, is, is a toss-up. Like, Tim Duncan is the clear advantage. Just like I think Akeem is our clear advantage. Then it kind of is kind of even across the board, in my opinion, after you get to that. So now that's a toss-up. So if it's a toss-up, it's just whoever's hot at that moment. And I, like I said, I, I trust the guys that we put together that's going to mesh together. And like I said, everyone can make a play. So it's just like, you can't just say, well, you can sag off Dennis Rodman. You can't sag off Penny. Maybe you could have sagged off a young Kobe since, you know, talked about, we, we said his numbers were 43%, 34 and 80. But once again, if Kobe gets by you, it's, you know, it's he's he's yamming at home on you, especially at that, especially at that point in his career. So same thing with Penny. Penny was doing stuff that Dwayne Wade was doing in the 90s. So what I mean by that, his footwork was ridiculous, ridiculous in the 90s. Like there's a play to him that gets showed where he's like, he does like a reverse pivot and it looks like a travel, but it's like the dude basically like bowed down before him and he's like, he hits the jumper. Like it was insane. So like I said, Tim Duncan and the larger ones to me are the clear advantages on both sides, but the rest of it to me is a, is a toss up. And like I said, there's going to be times when you're playing four or five because Rob is not going to look to shoot. And there's going to be a moment where he's going to need to hit a bucket. And you said, this is the color hair, Rodman, not the guy in Detroit. The guy in Detroit actually could hit a few shots then, but the guy, by the time he got to Chicago, he wasn't hitting shots. He wasn't doing that. Just saying. Oh, he didn't have to. And, and um, Bobby, Bobby, you, want, he to to Detroit your, either. <laughs> you want to compare your two guys uh, to, to buildings. Last I checked buildings don't move. Penny Hart Hardaway does. Boom. So I think I've decided. <laughs> Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. <laughs> um, I agree with a lot of what Rayshon was just saying in the sense that I, I do think that Hakeem Olajuwon's a big advantage. I'm not 100% sure you have like a direct answer for him on your team, but sure, Mike does. I, I, I do admire your front court. I think it's a really fun and entertaining front court, Mike and Bobby. I think it's a fun combination to watch because we've seen it. And then to add Dennis Robin in there, I think it's just super cool. I want to see it. 
That being said, I don't love the choice of John Stockton and Allen Iverson on the same team, which we've talked about. Don't need to be that dead horse. I really think that Kobe Bryant, and I urge everyone to hear me out on this. This is like 90, what year? 96, Kobe Bryant, you said? No, not 90, um, 97, 98. So for his first all-star appearance. 97, 8, 98, Kobe Bryant, I think he's going to have a little bit of trouble running around after Reggie Miller. I think That's he's going to have... Bench. Right, right, <laughs> right. No, Thank you, Joe. Uh, right, so you're not gonna, you're not gonna play him. Well, no, no I didn't say that. Him, I just said you guys mean, gotta be limited. But he's not gonna be running around for 48 minutes against Reggie. Right, because I'm, I'm, I'm putting Scotty on Reggie easily. He's, okay, well then he's gonna get pulled out in Iverson, which is gonna get a lot worse, actually. <laughs> but I think that I think that Joe and Rayshon have a little bit of the edge when it comes to Kim Olajuwon. I. It's very difficult for me to argue with the amount of points that Mike and Bobby are putting up. I really genuinely believe Bobby when he says, if some, if this guy's not doing it, then this guy's doing it. If this guy's not doing it, then this guy's not going to do it. And I think that's true. And I do, even though I don't love their guard choices, like the combination, they can play in two different ways. And I think that as much as you guys might be a little bit more well-rounded, I do think it goes to seven, but I'm going to go with Mike and Bobby. I have to say I disagree. Well, yeah, yeah, you should. I know because I have to, have no to make two enemies of my friends every time we do this. It really hurts me. Deep no, no time in history has a team that has had all scores on it scored. I know, but no one's ever had how sports works. No one's ever had these scores. scores. But there's but there's a reason why it doesn't. It never happens that way. I think that there's. I agree with you that there is. They have more downside than you guys have, but they also went a little riskier and they brought more upside to the table. And the, the, their ceiling, if they do what they say they're going to do, they were going to score a lot of points. And yeah, I think that's I, really, I mean, Bob, Bobby really said hard best. to beat a team that scores like 145 points. <laughs> right. No, I'm saying, but Bobby said it best. And, you know, I mean, he basically threw the alley to us when he said, oh, you know, we're the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to score 140. Well, I mean, Mike said it earlier in the year, and he still says it now. Well, they make <laughs> give up 145. Just saying. So, and if that's the case, then guess what, Mike? It's a ball game for us. No, yeah, Dennis might, Rodman, Tim that, Duncan, but, and David Robinson. I mean, j- just to be clear, like, DK just made sure that it was ball game for us. So, it's been decided. <laughs> Um, sure. You know, but my, my opinion is subjective. I will also say that you also have a bunch of volume guys on your team. You're going to, like we talked about, you're going to put Reggie Miller in a situation where his volume is going to go up. And then when you have a lot of volume guys and you have somebody who can go get rebounds, that's a really good combination. And I think that's just like a smart combination to make. And also, again, more downside. Dennis Robin might your team bus on fire. Or <laughs> he might just like go and average 19 rebounds. You know, like one or the other could happen. So right. yes, more downside, but... Uh, fortune favors the, and I like a little boldness in my coffee in the morning. So the best part of waking up is you guys in my cup. Congratulations on the win. Congratulations. Um, that'll do it for our nineties uh, draft game show. I hated that. Joe's uh, his typical bitter self when he uh, comes out on the <laughs> losing side. Don't take it out on your family and uh, we will <laughs> see you guys next time. Thank you guys for coming. Thanks for listening. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Tricast.
Electricast. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. 